0: How do people feel after you leave them? Have you ever walked away from someone and felt like a million dollars? It feels wonderful, doesn't it? You feel like you could conquer the world and can do anything. You've also walked away from someone who made you feel like a slug. Like everything you did was either wrong or not enough. Your shoulders slump and your thoughts become muddy. You want to withdraw into yourself like a turtle who's been tapped on the head. Life just isn't pretty. Our words are powerful tools or deadly weapons. We can build others up or make them feel like scum. How do we make people feel after being with us? A young lady enduring a severe and unexplained illness wrote that she hoped that the nursing staff who cared for her left feeling encouraged and not burdened, despite the severity of her health needs and her own fragile emotional state. She writes, "My hope is that the love of Christ radiates through me, even on the hard days where all I feel capable of doing is sleeping, as fatigue, deep aching fevers, and chills consumes every fiber of my being." Jesus did the same as he was hanging on the cross, his life ebbing away in painful agony. Yet he still ensured that his mother was protected and comforted by John that the thief beside him was assured that today he would be with him in paradise and that his accusers were forgiven as he prayed, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The power of encouragement, of leaving people stronger, better, more confident and whole than when we met them. Encouragement is defined as giving the courage to act or persevere. We are instructed to encourage one another and build each other up, and this is to be performed daily as we read in Hebrews 3, so we are not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is even more important in today's troubling times of fear and frustration. And King Solomon advises, worry weighs down a person, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. Sometimes, however, it seems that our own troubles fill our minds to such an extent that we can't find the words to uplift others, so in need of the encouragement ourselves that our own well is dry. Yet it's important that we act as conduits of Christ's grace as we are living examples of His mercy. Let's see what encouragement can do for us and others. Researcher Wong published an extensive article on encouragement and defined the term as the expression of affirmation through language or other symbolic representations to still courage, perseverance, confidence, inspiration, or hope in a person facing a challenging situation. He stipulates that encouragement cannot be provided without interpersonal communication indicating that it requires us to say or do something for others to feel uplifted. An earlier researcher, Alfred Adler, as early as 1956, considered encouragement a core feature of human development and noted its value in any psychotherapeutic treatment. He concluded that encouragement inspires others to work on finding solutions or ways to cope with any predicament. It develops a person's inner resources to ensure that they have the courage and confidence to move forward and not give up. Of course, our Heavenly Father always has these answers first, and we see this in, in his instructions to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And he spoke these words to the uncertain warrior new to his leadership position after the death of Moses four times in quick succession before releasing him to battle his way into the promised land. In the New Testament, we read of an apostle named Joseph, whose nickname, Barnabas, means son of encouragement. Of course, he is often overshadowed by his exuberant friend, Paul, yet Barnabas was described as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and strong in faith. Indeed, it was his kindness and encouragement that resulted in Paul being welcomed into the early church. Further, Barnabas was sent to Antioch to see what the Holy Spirit was doing in his young church. When he arrived and saw the evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. He and Saul were entrusted to take the gifts of the Antioch church to the elders of Jerusalem and were later sent off together to preach the gospel message, first to the Jews and then the Gentiles, with signs and wonders accompanying their bold witness. Perhaps it was through his time with Barnabas that Paul understood and could advise others on encouragement for he writes the Romans to help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. He explains that the scriptures are designed to give us hope and encouragement. And any of us who have read the Psalms or Proverbs regularly know how strengthened we feel from these passages. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In addition to the scriptures, Paul counsels that God himself gives us patience and encouragement to help us live in complete harmony with each other and concludes that he will hopefully come to give and receive Encouragement for the Roman believers, completing the circle of encouragement from Scripture, the Holy Spirit, and fellow believers. In fact, Paul often writes in his letters about the encouragement that others bring him. To the Corinthians, he writes of the wonderful encouragement his believing friends from Greece brought to him. When he was discouraged from the conflicts and battles he experienced in Macedonia, he writes, but God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus, who brought him good news from the Corinthian church. As one writer explains, when we encourage someone, we are trying to build them up, reminding them of who they are in Christ and what they are capable of doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is certainly evident in Paul and Titus's experience with the Corinthians, for Paul states, in addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was about the way all of you welcomed him and set his mind at ease. I had told him how proud I was of you, and you didn't disappoint me. Paul expressed his complete confidence in the character and kindness of the Corinthians. That is clear evidence of the kind of encouragement that should take place between fellow believers. It seems Paul needed to advise the Ephesians more explicitly, for he tells them, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. As children of the light, Paul counsels them to throw off their old nature and let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. He further informs them to stop lying and stealing, all before telling them to speak with kindness and compassion. He advises them to live by the Spirit's power and put on every piece of God's armor so they are able to resist the enemy in this evil time. And we know that the enemy wants to destroy and not build up. Clearly, such encouragement from this word is only part of the divine nature as we see from the time of Adam and Eve, accusation and betrayal is more in line with our sin nature. Just look up Genesis 3.12. But God instructs us to be encouragers and shows us in the life of his son Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, how we are to speak and to act. So let's remind ourselves about the importance of encouragement, how it reminds us that we are valuable human beings. It motivates us to try harder. It keeps us focused on our goals. It allows us to see solutions and not simply problems. It opens the door to true friendship, and it helps us to reach out to others and lift them up too. Let us ensure that when we leave someone, they feel stronger, more capable, more motivated, and more loved. We have the power to do that when we encourage. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.